Episode 100. Tepid round of applause Tepid from the... unenthusiastic round of applause. The hundreds of audience members here in <laughs> Cuck Nation Studios. None of them seem to care. One man appears yeah. to be doing his taxes while he's listening. I don't know. Yeah. God, we're, less, we're, we're more boring than taxes. Episode 100 of I Learned Nothing. A philosophy podcast for idiots. By idiots. By idiots. Uh, for dummies, by dummies. For dummies, by dummies. <laughs> Two curious idiots. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I use as a text for the Facebook ads that I put out periodically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a podcast for curious idiots, by curious idiots. God, yeah. It's, it is... A kind of a bummer if you're curious, but you're also dumb. Because, yeah. <laughs> like, you want to learn, but you can't. I'm just grossly misinforming everyone who's like, wants to learn. And you just desperately want to, and you can't. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Patrick, uh, Tweedle, Tweedle Dumb to my Tweedle D. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name is Benjamin C. Cholock. I am a professor emeritus of philosophy at Princeton University. Mm. I actually, in fact, work there. And teach there. Um, yeah, that's what's funny <laughs> is that people think that we're kidding when we say that. Last but Ben literally works at Princeton. I like literally, I, I'm yeah, I'm a tenured professor. Yeah. <laughs> I got tenure when when I was nine. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I've just been fucking undergrads ever since. You know, it was a different time. <laughs> it was a different time. 1994. <laughs> but yeah, people think. It's a joke when we say Ben commutes uh, to Princeton from Austin every single day, but it's it's not. Yeah, no, it's not. Ben works at Princeton. I work at Princeton. I literally work at Princeton. This is so <laughs> funny. But anyway, so I decided. Welcome back to gaslighting your audience. Uh, <laughs> so la- last night I was at the Grand uh, for Murph Dog's b- birthday. Andrew Murph Dog, reigning yeah. winner, the funniest person in Austin contest. Yeah, um, and there was this guy who was very, very drunk, and he was talking to me. And somehow the podcast came up. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I was talking to him about it. And then George Anthony was there and he walked out and he like overheard uh, famous guests from episode 86. Yes. Their Leibniz episode. Yeah. He, a, a, uh, a hammy gentleman. Reminds me of ham. <laughs> hammy gentleman? Yeah. When I look at him, I think of ham. Wow. That's <laughs> like that's. <laughs> that's I'm not trying to insult anyone. It's just I know, I th- but it's also like you're one to talk. <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm just saying. You look like, hammier than he does. Well, maybe that's. Maybe you're pinker than he does. He's at least Mexican. Yeah. Kinda. Well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking of Mexican ham. Then they <laughs> exist. You think they don't? A nice Serrano. <laughs> Do you ever think about how weird it is that there's like dogs in Mexico who and like they just they they, they understand Spanish 
You know what I mean? Well, they don't understand. Okay, or like well, in the Netherlands or whatever. It's just crazy to think about that there are dogs that can speak or understand languages better than we can. That's incredible that you're getting to this topic because this is kind of a big part of what we're going to talk about today. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's weird. We're going to talk about the nature of language, but we're also we're talking about this one guy. But what happened to some guy last night? Yeah. So uh, let me get through this story first, and then I'll introduce who the fuck we're talking so about. So Hambone walks up. Hambone walks up. He overhears me talking about the podcast because the guy kept asking about it. And I was like, all right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about it. And uh, George kept insisting that I was, in fact, a professor <laughs> of philosophy at Princeton. And this guy just like believed him and was so impressed at me. And I was yeah. felt like such a fraud. I'm just well, like, yeah, no, because I am. Yeah. Well, especially you just said impressed at me and you're, pla- you're claiming to work at Princeton. <laughs> Well, George, I remember one time, yeah, George is a little bit of a trickster. Uh, one- <laughs> he, he was fucking made sure that, like, and then he left. And so I was stuck in this conversation with this stranger that I didn't really want to talk about who believed I was a professor. <laughs> and I, <laughs> well, dude, one time we were at uh, Velveeta Room. Well, and how do was, I maintain this? <laughs> we were just bullshitting about something, and he was sitting at the bar, and this, like, kind of, like, dumb person walked up. Yeah. And from the audience, uh, it was, like, the shows or whatever. And she was talking about comedy, and she just, I don't, I don't know, we weren't really paying attention to her, but then she goes like, she's like, yeah, I really love Amy Schumer. And, I, and then uh, <laughs> George goes, who? And she's like, Amy Schumer, the comedian? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And she goes, really? She's so funny. And like I turned to him, and I go, you, you love her stuff. Like, ch- check it out. You love her stuff. And yeah, I went yeah. back to my job. Uh-huh. <laughs> just lying to this woman. <laughs> just some idiot. Who came? Who, who financially is supporting the Austin comedy yeah, scene? Yeah, I know. Just tricking people. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that happened. So anyway, I. What did, am, what did he want to talk to you about? Um. He wanted to talk to me. Is mostly. Pat? What's Pat like in real life? Oh no, he wasn't a listener. He'd never heard of the podcast before. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Oh, that makes it so much worse. Yeah, it's some guy who is never who's now going to check out the podcast oh. and listen. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? I'm actually not a professor. No, we lied <laughs> at Princeton. No, Ben looked you in. Your I didn't lie. Face. It was George. Well, it's George's ever, fault. Did you ever correct him? No. <laughs> the absence of goodness is evil, Ben. Yeah, it's true. It's a sin of omission. Yes. Well, <laughs> that's why we call you Evil Ben. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to change my Twitter name to Evil Ben. The Devil Boy. Evil Ben, the Devil Boy. Yeah, right now I think I'm metrosexual. The the Devil's (laughs) littlest boy. Ben Showa. Wait, your display name is what right now? Metrosexual. (laughs) It's just the word metrosexual. It's just the word metrosexual. But you're the least metrosexual person (laughs) I think who's ever existed. I mean, you and maybe Al Bundy, and he's not even real. Really? Oh, yeah. You're not metro at all. More than you, though? Or less than you? Uh, Of course. You're like anti-metrosexual. No. You're 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 a proud boy. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, I say heritage, not hate. No, uh, we, uh, <laughs> dude. So at the at Lowen Inside a couple weeks ago. Also, if you listen to this podcast and you want to come check out a show every Tuesday until September 10th at Cap City, we're doing Lowen Inside, which is a uh, it's a, ve- uh, it's, it's it's a, a comedy very baseball show, thinly disguised roast show. Because yeah. it's supposed to be about one-liners, but if you fuck, <laughs> but like when we introduce you, we make fun of you, and if you bomb, we make fun of you, and sometimes even if you if it works, we make fun of you. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> but anyway, so it Andrew hurts. Wagner, <laughs> it, it, hurts it hurts a lot. It hurts a lot. Andrew, our friend Andrew Wagner, uh, the Wag Dog himself, was there, and he looks like he looks just like Richard Spencer. Like it's really yeah. He's he's like this statuesque, you know what I mean? Tall looking white dude. That's who that's who Nazis want to. 
pe- want people to think that they look like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They're and like, it's him. That, that's that's like the master. Yeah. Race. And he's like, no, yeah. it's it's not me. I didn't. Guys, yeah. I'm not one of you. But anyway, but we kept saying he was. <laughs> it just and, sucks that he looks like he skis, you know? <laughs> yeah. He abs- yeah. So uh, we brought him up as the proudest boy. <laughs> and then I said to him, hey, if you're here, who's arguing about white genocide on Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to come to a sh- you know what fuck it just message me i'll get you in if you want to come yeah i'm offering a, f- a free ticket to free ride admission baby. um if you at a place a- i don't work at <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point yeah it's hosted by your enemy yes my arch rival <laughs> yeah <laughs> the cap, cap city, city comedy, comedy club, club. Yeah. yeah as as everyone knows the Velveter <laughs> and cap city have been in a decades long uh feud uh and uh, i keep I, what f- is beef? <laughs> what, yeah, beef is when you need two gats to go to sleep. Yeah. Cap City. Hey, Cap City. <laughs> beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the street. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be an ICU. And I'm through Cap City. I'm calling out Cap City Comedy Club on there, this podcast. There's a part in that song where Biggie just straight up tells, tells people that he fucks children in the ass. Do you remember that yeah, part? Yeah, fuck him in the ass, throw him over the bridge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then kills them. <laughs> He says that he's going to kidnap your child, <laughs> molest them, and then throw them off of a bridge. Dude, 90s rap was wild. <laughs> I was thinking about that uh, today. That, like, or last night, rather. That, like, what's interesting about the evolution of, of rap music yeah. is that, like, in the. It's no- more demonic than anything that's said in, in fucking, like, black metal. Like, I'm yeah. going to kidnap your children and fuck them in the ass and kill them and then throw them over a bridge. Though they're, though they're, Hi, I'm Biggie. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm the most successful rapper in the world right now. I kidnapped your child. Christopher and, Wallace, how the hell are you? How the fuck are you? Uh, but yeah, what's interesting is the evolution of it because in the 90s it was all about like tough yeah. beats, okay? Yeah. Being tough. Mm-hmm. Which means uh, a lot of violence, a lot of violence, uh, a lot of homophobia, uh, a, a lot of shit like that. But it was about lyrics. It was about like, like Redman has always been a like, w- like one of the most respected rappers ever. Uh-huh. He's not as commercially successful as you know Kanye West or whatever or whoever you want to say. But like, <laughs> everyone always says, "Who are your favorite rappers?" Oh, Redman, because of his lyrics, stuff like that. But yeah. now it's like, it's more about like. It's not really about lyrical content as much as like a cool f- flow. Yeah. And like I have to say I really like Young Thug, but he d- <laughs> he just doesn't say anything. No. It's nonsense. No. That's what I'm It's saying. absolute nonsense. And what's interesting is He's that He's like the Kurt Cobain of rap. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to Nirvana's lyrics, like they're nonsensical. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Yeah, so fucking like and what but what's so parts of it I don't like where like if it's just dumb lyrics, I'm kind of like, uh, oh, whatever. But there's definitely a lot more like bounce to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. It's, it's the the beats are are very creative. I'm uh, thinking about it right now. I know. I'm, we're both bobbing our heads. Yeah. But uh, well, I always bob my head because of my uh, hated uh, Tourette syndrome. But uh, you are bobbing <laughs> your head too. So basically, what happens now is like back in the day. I was thinking about this today actually that like yeah. '90s rap videos are all just bad. It's just like it's just, they're just boring. It's just like a guy on like a park bench rapping, yeah. and then like oh, for, yeah. <laughs> for no yeah, reason, right. like the bottom of like a ship with a bunch of gold and like women and stuff, and you're like, what the fuck is like like pretty formulaic actually. That yeah. mu- the music video for what, I forget the name of it, but the Wu Tang Clan do a music video where they're all dressed like cavemen, uh, and they're like, oh my god, it I sucks know that so one. bad, it's horrible. But now the music gravel pit. 
Yeah. yeah. But now it's like okay to be visually creative. Where mm. in the with ni- well, not that that song was a '90s song, but you know what I mean. Like uh, '90s rap videos were just not like some of them were, but but a lot of them kind of were not creative at all. Yeah. Because it's like oh, like oh, you're good at like like visual stuff. You're gay. <laughs> and that's oh, bad. Okay. Hey, yeah, it's I the see. '90s. Yeah. Oh, are you creative? You must be a gay man. <laughs> you must be homosexual. Hey, you have sex with men, right? You're really good at this. But now all you the- have a really refined aesthetic sensibility. Um, you take it up the ass, right? You're gay. <laughs> I should introduce you to my brother, who's also gay. <laughs> so it's like this thing where it's like now the videos are very fucking cool, and like it, like it's they're it's- probably gayer than the shit that came out in the '90s, huh? I mean, they're sorry. So the rap videos today, yeah, in terms of their uh, oh, like they would a- absolutely aesthetic shit aesthetic on it. sophistication yeah, are are arguably like gayer, gayer yeah. than than the gay ass videos. But people are <laughs> that they are, were trying to avoid are allowed to express like. themselves more visually with, with these things where yeah. there's just these strange and everyone looks. I remember someone put a, on Twitter put a cover of a Double XL magazine with all like the new rappers that mm. we're at right now, and it's like they all look like they want to take down the Batman. Like they all look <laughs> like all, Tim yeah, Burton, like, like Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, and it's like so everyone dressed. The visual stuff is part of it now, and a lot of it. Yeah, back then there's no way anybody would think it was cool. <laughs> yeah, they'd no. be like, oh, you're again a practicing <laughs> and well-known confirmed homosexual. And like, yeah. <laughs> and again, it's the nineties. So this is, this yeah. is not a good thing. I just think it's kind of interesting that like, at like at watching the evolution of it, because a lot of it, some of it, I don't just like rap has gotten more, <laughs> more tolerant of the LGBTQ well, I, well, like well, that, sensibilities. I guess so. But that's, that's not even real. Well, yeah, I guess so. That's not really what I mean. I, I, I just mean that it's more like you're allowed to be like, a little more flamboyant. A little more flamboyant. A little more, um, uh, well, like young expressive. Thugs, young thugs wore, wore a dress in the cover of the, uh, one of his albums a couple years yeah. ago, and <laughs> and then people got so mad at him for that. Yeah. Well, there was just one rapper I forget who, but on the cover is uh, of his like album. It's just like a bunch of people watching, I think a movie or watching a concert, and there's just two dudes just making out, and it's just like, yep, he's just like, fuck you. <laughs> the one guy just one guy put out an album and he just and he called it I'm gay, <laughs> but he's Wait, not. No, <laughs> so no like, he didn't. Wait, who yes, did? He did. I forget. I'll look it up in a second. But <laughs> he had to change it to I'm gay, and then in parentheses I'm happy. <laughs> Hold on, let me find it. Okay. Well, while you're finding that, let's uh, try to get back on track. Um, I'm- I just googled rap album. I'm gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, by Lil B. All right, oh. so he, uh, oh, Lil B, okay, yeah. The uh, bass god. Um, it's the 16th mixtape that he put out, and it's called I'm Gay. <laughs> oh, I'm gay. <laughs> I'm gay, I'm Lil B. <laughs> Many saw the move as a publicity stunt. However, the rapper has said that the title is meant to be used as a formal definition of gay. <laughs> As a me- as a message of support to the LGBT community. So what is that? I don't understand what that's that a means. cover. He's covering. That's his lawyer told him. But was but, like, he's, but he's say this. But he's also saying, but I'm doing it in support of. And he probably is. I believe I he think is. He's probably just kind of weird. I mean, who knows? He also is probably on so many drugs. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. What's, that's what's so interesting. Yeah, now is that like. I feel like na- like back in the day, you used to rap about like selling drugs, and now you rap about how like you're just always on Vicodin. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, <laughs> that's what I rap about. 
being on Vicodin? Yeah. Hey, I like Vicodin. I like to eat Din Din. That's dinner. That sucks, dude. Yeah, Already, a that's, a, uh. that's bad. Hey, I eat broccoli every day. My favorite. No, you don't, and you I'm should. Gay. No, I'm on a health kick now. You no, know. you're not. I am. I, I bought cauliflower, Ben. I bought a head of cauliflower. Have you eaten it yet? No, but I. <laughs> when did you buy it? A couple days ago. That's not <laughs> the point. The point is that. Your boy Pat. Okay, you know what I had for fucking dinner two nights what? ago? What? I had two nights ago? Yeah. Are you riding off that that high? I had quinoa <laughs> with uh, vegetables. What vegetables? Uh, green peas and fucking carrots, bitch, and <laughs> salmon. Okay, all right, that's pretty good. good I'm job. steaming chicken in my <laughs> instapot. What did you have last night? What did I have last night? I honestly don't remember. We we had a lot of fun last night. Oh uh, yeah, so it's tough well, to. It was Murph Dog's birthday. Yeah. Um, oh! What? You don't know what I had last night. I? Do you know Do you know the sacrifices I make in my life to stay alive, Ben? Do you have any idea? What? Do you know what I ate for dinner the last night? The bare minimum sacrifices? No. I had pasta made of chickpeas. Oh! How was it? Suck my fucking dick, Ben. How was it? The Dean Man is back. All right, I'm making a comeback. <laughs> okay, but how was it? It was fine. Uh, that's really? the thing. It was fine. It so was it's good. I, I I literally I I I got high. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I don't get high, but I was really high <laughs> uh, last week. I decided to do some research to find out pasta substitutes. Yeah. And so I found. <laughs> so it's a study aid. Yeah. So weed is a study aid for for your diet. <laughs> And so I got, <laughs> I got red lentil linguine, uh huh, and I got chickpea pasta. Okay, okay, fiber, Ben. Yeah, low carb. How are you shitting? Fine. Okay. So good. fucking, um, I went there uh to the store to get like. This has got to be the last story because we we got to get back to the sure. Topic. It's episode one hundred. We're fucking up. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so I so I got this goddamn healthy pasta bullshit for the for old diabetes brain over here, <laughs> and I my my brain and lungs are riddled with diabetes, and so I I ate it and it was pretty good. You know what's gross about that what? statement is that it, you're you're kind of right because of. <laughs> Diabetes like affects the bloodstream basically. Yes. Right. I'm aware. And, and so it and you have blood vessels coursing through every single nook and cranny of your body. So your entire nook body your entire body is, is fucking coursing with diabetes. Yeah. It's all over it's me. It's like it's immediately all all over you. It's in my heart. Like cancer, like a, a, a cancerous growth is like in one area. Sure. But because because of the way blood works. Yeah, because of the way blood works and the fact that diabetes just like manifests itself in the fucking interstate system of your entire body. <laughs> <laughs> so I got high after I ate it. And, Sorry to make it so bleak. And I, and I tweeted, I found plant-based pasta substitutions and actually liked them. I don't think I'm going to die anymore. Oh, Jesus, Pat. Yeah, and then the next day I looked at it and I was like, huh. Well, okay. Chickpea pasta. I'm going to, well... Okay, here's the deal about chickpea pasta, Ben, is that for all my diabetes heads out there, basically, like, <laughs> it tastes fine. Um, I will say that, obviously, a pasta tastes better, but yeah. it tastes fine if you put a little bit, a bit of sauce on it. I also, yeah, I also ate it fast because I didn't, if it did taste bad, I just wanted to power through it. Okay, so you shoveled it. But while you were shoveling. I'm a shoveler. Yeah, but uh, it I tasted okay? To my, I noted to myself, oh, this tastes okay. Okay, good. 
Maybe. You know, I dude, I had an argument with myself today. <laughs> an argument. A literal debate. Yeah, in you're my learning. Head because I was walking out to my car, and I'm like, all right, so... I really want to go to Popeyes and get that new chicken sandwich that everyone's coming all oh, over. Oh yeah, about. what the fuck is that about? I don't know, but apparently it's it's the, amazing. It's the I second guess. coming of Christ, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and so I, but I had an argument within myself about if I'm going to go there or not, <laughs> and I said no, I'm not. So I didn't go, and I went to Mi Madre's instead, and I got some chicken with poblano and black beans uh-huh. and rice, which I'm not supposed to have, and you know, it's not like this stuff is. Healthy, but it's better. We're talking baby it's better steps. Than, yeah, bitch. that's yeah, that's better than Popeyes. I'm pro- I'm proud of you. All I right. Drank, yeah, I drank an entire Coke with it. Oh uh, fuck it. off, Pat. What? Stop drinking soda. You I, really need I was, to stop. I was. You know, <laughs> no excuse. I was really high, and it, you know, good soda taste when you're high. Yeah, I know, man. Oh my god, I want to. I want to. I want when I'm high and I see a can of Pepsi, I want to have sex with it. That's how it's much just sweating, I, sweating oh with, with that condensation. Oh my god, calling out to me, Marvin Gaye's playing in the background. <laughs> Let's get it on. You cut your dick so badly. It, oh, and, yeah. I'm not saying I enjoy it. I'm just saying that I follow. I have poor impulse control, <laughs> and had sex with a can of Pepsi. All right. Well. So there's that. <clears throat> anyway, so welcome to episode 100. <laughs> oh yeah, how, um, how are you? Yeah, thanks for sticking with us, guys. I guess that was more that was an exercise just to prove yourselves. Um, D- now that you <laughs> are still listening, an exercise that they're f- fucking used to at this point. Yeah, exactly. We like to go off topic. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I do. Ben uh, hates it and gets mad, but I, I have a lot of fun. Well, it, uh, it's pretty funny. So, uh, what we're gonna talk about today, episode 100. I, I saved this for myself. This Your is like, main man. This is like dessert for my for me. This is what was keeping you going. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> watch, watch the watch the podcast just fall off after this. Um, yeah. No, at the very least, we're going to do a two parter about this guy because there's way too much to talk about, and conveniently, there's two phases in his fucking philosophy. Yeah, how convenient, Ben. It is actually pretty convenient. Uh, <laughs> it's actually a dream. I'm just like, thank so. you. <laughs> Almost suspiciously slow. You know what's funny? What are you suspicious of? What do you think? You think I planned this with him? I don't <laughs> ever do follow up to make sure these people are real. You could be just <laughs> lying to me. Okay, this guy is absolutely real, and he's insane. He's an insane person. Mm-hmm. And this guy is your main, your bottom bitch. Yeah, he's insane. my bottom bitch. I, to I, use I, the parlance of our time. <laughs> I like him a lot. Uh, I think he has at least informed my ideas on philosophy more than anyone else. Uh, like I think Nietzsche would maybe be like a close second. Yeah. Actually, no. Uh, Marx and Nietzsche are kind of fighting, but this guy, this guy's on top. This is this is my uh, uh, Ganondorf. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah he's, he's your main. And he's, yeah, he's my main. And, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and then and, and PSB <laughs> SSP, Philosophy Smash Brothers Super Smash <laughs> Philosophers. <laughs> the worst game. Yeah. Your special moves are just talking. Oh man! Oh, this guy! This guy just gets really mad and, and screams, and then threatens you with a flaming hot poker. Also, um, I would say that if there was a fight between, like you said, between Karl Marx and Nietzsche, I think Karl Marx would wipe the floor with him, right? Oh, Karl Marx would absolutely yeah. destroy Nietzsche. I mean, Nietzsche was like killed. physically. Yeah, he sucks. He had yeah, sex Nietzsche. Once no, yeah, died. Nietzsche. He had sucks. sex once and died because of it. Nietzsche sucks. Yeah, and Marx fucking fucked. <laughs> he, he he fucking smashed. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he, he beat him up. He, and he, he had a better stroke. Yeah, he had a better stroke. I think he I think he probably just smashed his wife, but he smashed her a lot. They, they were very much in love, and he loved her. There's nothing wrong with and revolution. Sex. There's nothing wrong with having <laughs> sex with your wife. Yeah, no, there's there there's nothing more American than that. Yeah. Yeah. Oftentimes, Ben, they're pretty into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 
Well, wife sex. <laughs> That's the name of my band. That mean band. Wife sex. Yeah, I play bass and sing, and Ben plays keyboards, and we are bad. <laughs> yeah, we're so bad. <laughs> um. Okay. So the fucking <laughs> pervert we're talking about today. Uh, what's this guy's deal? His name is Ludwig Wittgenstein. <laughs> now you said that you, you thought I might enjoy this guy, right? So I think you might because he also kind of hates philosophy. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and this is what's really funny about him, and we'll get to it. I kind of don't want to spoil it, but he he uh, is sort of aligned with you in calling people on their bullshit with their stupid fucking uh, thought experiments and the random ass things that you focus on in philosophy that don't seem like they like why are you focusing on this one thing oftentimes you know? i actually uh dismiss uh, an entire philosopher's life work based <laughs> on their first and last name so uh yeah maybe i need to work on that yeah well this guy uh also <laughs> is very thorny he uh he had really like severe opinions about other philosophers and he made them know about it you know what's funny <laughs> is that like people like that thorny man uh-huh. who will like yell at you and stuff yeah like you ever have this thing especially the older guy who you just like you're just so intimidated by him like i don't want this guy to yell at me but like yeah. what's the worst he's gonna he's the worst he's gonna do is yell he's not gonna hit like beat you up yeah for but some wh- reason why are you though, still scared of human him beings are we we don't like getting yelled at yeah it's weird. Like whenever I've been yelled at, I'm like, "This fucking sucks." Especially it if it's sucks. like someone it like does it, suck. especially if it's like a boss and like I can't even get like mad back. Yeah, that happened to me today. I kind of have a sh- I kind of had a shit day at work. Really? <laughs> yeah. And my boss was like, "You got to fix these things." <laughs> and you were like, "No." No, I no, I was like, "Yes, sir." Yep. I <laughs> do said, not want to lose my job. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes. I, in fact, I'd I love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I, I was already thinking of doing it because it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, it's my infinite pleasure. <laughs> doing this job causes me infinite pleasure. Just lying. Yeah, it's lying just constant ecstasy. <laughs> I <Anyway>. love you. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> tell your boss you're in love with. The, I'm in love with you. What if like? God damn it! I'm in love with you. <laughs> just so panicked <laughs> that you're like, I, I, I guess I gotta marry him now. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to keep this job. Um. Okay. Anyway, so Wittgenstein. So this guy <laughs> from does he uh, does he enjoy uh, gardening and being insane? <laughs> Wittgenstein. Yeah. <laughs> so from his name, guess where he's from? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm gonna guess Germany. Okay, so close. Transylvania. Cl- also close. Um, uh, Austria. Yeah. There you go. Nice. So he's N- Ben. Nice. Nice. <laughs> he was born Hell in uh, yeah. he was born in Vienna, Austria. Uh, in 1889. Wow. Um, and he. Okay, so a little bit about his background. Hey, real quick, let me ask you what? something. What? What is up with uh, Vienna? Vienna seems to be the place to be. Yeah, it was the place to be in the Why late in the late 19th and early 20th century. Why do you think that was? Man, there's a lot of reasons. I told you I want to do like a Patreon episode about the Austro-Hungarian Empire because oh, yeah. it's an insane empire. Oh, okay. That shit is weird, and also Europe is weird. Yeah, they seem kind of odd. Europe is weird, and then Austria-Hungary was like... They have vampires. They it's a microcosm wild. of the weirdness of Europe. And, and they have vampires. It's crazy they to think vampires, about. They have vampires, they have they, werewolves. Yeah. Uh, we just have swamp things in we, America. We, what do you mean we did? Well, we do. I'm just saying, like, that's... Oh, know. our mythology or whatever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our mythology rules. I mean, our, I guess our, most mythology is pretty cool. All mythology is great. 
Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Eastern, Central and Eastern European mythology, though, is horrifying. <laughs> it can't, well, it can't be in the wrong hands, but, you know, anything I mean, can vampires be. are terrifying. Yeah. Eastern Europe has Baba Yaga. Have you ever heard of her? Of course not, Baba Yaga. She, yeah. was, a, she was a character on the Landlax Corporation, actually. Oh, that's right. And she okay. had a raging Maryland accent for some <laughs> Hey, I'm Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. <laughs> hey, they're trying to steal my, my chicken hut. <laughs> Yeah, Baba Yaga is upsetting, and especially because the name rhymes, so it stays in your fucking head. Yeah. I think about Baba Yaga probably about <laughs> once a week, if I'm being honest with you. It, <laughs> really? It pops in my head, and I go, oh, right, that thing. Well, because she's basically like I the- I think a lot. So La Llorona is Mexican Baba Yaga. What? La Llorona. Have what? you heard of La Llorona? Um, it sounds familiar. It's like a it's a Mexican myth uh, that's like, it's like this old like kind of hag woman who steals children. And yeah, but the thing, the difference, Ben, is that uh, instead of uh, just be like being in a chicken hut hanging out, there's like thirty of them. Yeah, do you get it? Yeah, <laughs> they're all hanging out outside for some reason. <laughs> One of them's wearing a bandana. Anyway. <laughs> They're like real friendly to their neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want some food? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, Love when that happens. God. When your neighbors just give you food. You're like, fucking A. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Mexican neighbors rule. Yeah, they're, they're really good. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they make so much food, too. They make a lot of food, and they <laughs> do not call the police. No, they do not. So you can they hang. do not. Yeah. You you can settle your shit, just you know. Yeah, they won't call the cops. It rules. Anyway, your um, mom, your mom. <laughs> which is funny because your mom actually calls the cops constantly. No, she, she not really. Remember, she told us that she would. We went out to dinner the first and only time I've ever met your mother. <laughs> we went out to dinner, and she said in goddamn El Salvador, uh, or not El Salvador. Where does she live now? Peru. Well, she lives at home now. She's in D.C. But oh, okay. She lives well, in Peru. when she lived in Peru, like a year ago, she was saying that. For some reason, okay, for some reason. Oh, she just likes to pick fights. Yeah, but she said that there'd be like men speeding, and she would like flag down the cops and like tell them to do their jobs and stuff. And we were like horrified. She was like, yeah, but she was saying this like, yeah, this is like normal. Also, she said that she just, she would go to this cafe. And yeah, and sit outside. Yeah, they would set up a table outside for, just her, for her and her silent father. And they would oh, just. father, Jose Santos Villatoro, yeah. Yeah, would just, and like, it was like, oh, do, do they normally do that? No. They just sit outside and yell at people. <laughs> just get mad at they people. They only did it for her, too. Like, because she, she, she was like, I just want to sit outside, and I just want to criticize people. Yeah. And they're like, well, she pays the most money when she comes here. So let's do it for her. And then they did. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, so I have a weird family. I guess. <coughs> guess who had a weirder family? Oh, Lipstein. Lipschitz, <laughs> yeah. What's his name? Willie Lipschitz is his name. His name is Lipschitz? No, it's Ludwig Wittgenstein. Oh. Um, or Wittgenstein. Uh, so this guy, he, uh, so he grew up in a family that was rich as fuck. Really? Yeah. So his father was this guy named Carl Wittgenstein. Whoa. And he was With the- a K? With a K. I love Carl with a K. <laughs> you literally said the exact opposite uh, a few episodes ago. Well, Ben, I'm a mercurial being. Nice word. Okay. Now now you know mercurial? 
Man, I majored in English. I, I guess you words. did, yeah. I just don't know anything about philosophy because <laughs> it's stupid and pointless. I'm still surprised. Words are great. <laughs> philosophy is bad. It's for bad people. Everyone listening to this show is bad. <laughs> We're all They're all sinners. creeps. We're all sinners. Thank God for the love of Christ. Oh, thank yeah, God the for the love of Christ. The grace, the grace bestowed upon us by Christ Almighty. Yeah. Uh, this is a Catholic podcast, by the way. If you're yeah, not... I was I was high earlier today, and I was just thinking about Christ. It's kind of strange. I don't know why. I think it was like mentioned on like TV or something, and I was just like sitting around just thinking about the basic nature of Christ. <laughs> Isn't that kind of weird? I didn't think it was weird at the time. Now well, I'm saying it out loud. It wasn't weird at the time of the uh, fucking like 10th to 11th century. Sure. That's what that's all people did. They they just pondered got high. Christ. Yeah, and they pondered. Yeah, they pondered Christ. Interesting. Okay, so this guy. Didn't really ponder Christ. Guess why? Uh, uh, why, man? <laughs> he was Jewish. Oh, um, nice. He actually wasn't practicing Jewish. Uh, his family was um, basically around this time, like in the 19th century, a lot of Jews like hated being Jewish because <laughs> when you were Jewish, you got killed a lot. Oh, yeah, that's and, upsetting. And you also were barred from certain professions uh, and you couldn't really make money as <laughs> as a jewish person unless you did these like very like specific trades or whatever yeah that's right? why yeah that's the, the, isn't that like the tradition of a lot of their jobs right yeah yeah like like uh like lawyers or going into like academia or yeah things like that like those weren't barred for jews for a long time um a lot of jobs that were barred were like um boxer like, Boxer, yeah, sure. Being like in the civil service or in the military, uh, anything that involved owning land because they never owned land anyway, yeah. um, all that shit. They weren't Poor guys. Yeah, so they had to like kind of scrape around and do their Jewy thing. Well, the same stuff happened with <laughs> Irish people in like the in like the nineteen hundreds, I guess, where it's like they weren't allowed to like they would just they mean they had the whole Irish need not apply sign, which is just so fun. It's the funniest. I want yeah. that fucking tattooed on my dick and basically <laughs> i um, like the one joke that i one joke that i told at your roast a few years ago was uh yeah you I surprised you, roast i didn't know it's gonna happen yeah you came i got you, tricked into doing a roast you were the inspiration for the signs that say <laughs> irish need not apply yeah. themselves yeah, that, was a good <laughs> that was yeah that was a fun night yeah uh yeah but the same thing with the irish because they would like uh that's why they were all they for a long time the, the tradition was you'd be a cop or like a firefighter or something because like those like yeah. what happened was one guy one fucking mick uh <laughs> when one papist son of a bitch got a job there and then he was like we're in yeah and yeah. they just <laughs> yeah and then our country was invaded by the Irish they hated Irish the melancholy that, the doomed Irish race that is the one thing is the uh is the the penchant for nepotism. <laughs> Oh, with yeah. the Irish. Yeah. It's just like, oh, he's like, a, they're like the Oprah of jobs. It's like, I got this job. Now you get a job. Now you get a job. <laughs> Oprah's best friend has a, like a, like a media uh, career. Gail? It's oh, just, Gail, That's yeah. just her friend. <laughs> like, like, there's just some lady. Wait, is she Irish? No. Oh. But I'm saying, like, you're talking about, I mean, that's kind of like a nepotism thing. I mean, oh, not, yeah, yeah. Because they're related, but you know what I mean? What does Gail do? I don't even know. She what has Gail like does. a radio show, and I think she's just kind of hangs out. I mean, the thing she's about... like the turtle of Oprah's entourage. Well, it makes sense. I mean, <laughs> if I was Oprah, if I was Oprah, I'm not saying you know we had, you've never seen. Yeah, we the know same we place. know you're not Oprah. Okay, well I'm just you <laughs> know we we do have some paranoid listeners. So basically, um, that is secretly Oprah. That's a crazy conspiracy. <laughs> Yeah, we 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 have we could have uh, <laughs> David Ike or whatever his yeah. fucking name was. Look after him. So basically, um, 
if I was at her level of success, I think I would do that too. I would just have like professional friends. Oh yeah, I mean that, that's why rappers do that shit. Like, I, I, every, like everyone, everyone gets on board. Yeah, Let's it's a party. Out. Oh hey, I uh, I have uh, a lot of money uh, from a relatively easy job. <laughs> what do you do? Well, I rap. Yeah, I'm I'm naturally talented at it. Yeah, and like half the time <laughs> I don't even write the words, so I just show up and do it. It takes like an hour, and they give me a million dollars. Yeah. So yeah, I would just <laughs> hang out. The only other thing I have to do is enjoy myself in public. Right. <laughs> I have a whole thing. I have a whole crew, it, and they'd all be listeners of this podcast. Yeah. Eric Nagurney. Eric Nagurney. If I become successful and rich. We're hanging out, man. Okay, <laughs> and that's all we're gonna do. Okay, you're gonna take. Are you, are you saying? Are you saying publicly on the podcast? Yes. If we, if if you, not even me, but you become like Very extraordinarily wealthy. wealthy and successful yeah. from this podcast, you, <laughs> he's part of the entourage. Eric is is taken care of. Eric's <laughs> taken care of. <laughs> Don't even worry about it, man. Who else? Who else listens to this podcast? Um, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that guy David. <laughs> yeah, I've never met you, but let's um, we'll hang out. Riley's uh, cool. Riley. Oh yeah, I know Riley. Yeah, Riley yeah. can hang. Who else? <laughs> Definitely not Noel Waghorn, the man who, you know, per- we, <laughs> who, who we all know what he did. Nine eleven. Uh, you know, oh, so we have one a- quick shout out is also to Brandy in Boise. <laughs> she, oh yeah, she yeah. yeah yeah yeah. She messaged me and asked uh, what a pop daddy actually is. Did you tell her? No, we will never tell. No. <laughs> Sorry, Brandy. <laughs> You know what, Brandy? If you ever come out to Austin, we'll tell you. Yeah, if you okay, fine. If you come to Austin, we'll tell you. We'll tell you what it is. <laughs> you can sleep on uh, my couch. Yeah. Anyway, okay, we we gotta get back. Let's get back. Yeah. All right. So this guy, uh, little Lukey, is his nickname. Little Lukey. Yeah, given to given to him by his uh, three sisters. That's real. Yeah. Lil. Lil Lukey. Lukey. Yeah. How would you say it in, in I think it's like Kleina Luki or something like that. Fuck. Kleina is, I think it's small. In How German. humiliating. <laughs> I knew that. What do you think it was Little Ben? I mean, and like that's what Bencito is, and that's what my mom calls yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> but that's more endearing. I don't know why, but in Spanish, that sounds very nice. Well, ger- nothing is endearing in German. <laughs> no, it's the German least. German has never been endearing. It's undearing. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, so this guy uh, grew up. Born in Vienna, Vienna, Virginia. In Vienna, um, Virginia, yeah, home <laughs> of the Vienna Inn. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> oh yeah, Barkley Salt too. He can hang out. Yeah, Barkley can hang out. Uh, he grew up in in Vienna. In Vienna, I keep wanting to say Vienna, Virginia, in one in one thing. Uh, in Vienna, Austria. And he got pulled over a lot because of the speed limit thing. I hate that shit. I know about that, yeah, and I very fucking inside. hate it. It's really stupid. For Vienna- all for all our Nova heads, you yeah. guys know what we're talking about. <laughs> Everyone else, fuck you. But in Vienna, Austria, they, uh, li- they, so the Wittgenstein family, they're basically like the Carnegies of Austria-Hungary. Nice. This guy, Karl Wittgenstein, was the, like, this tycoon who basically built up the entire country's steel industry by himself. Didn't they, like, kill himself. people who were, like, on strike? Who, Austria-Hungary? No, uh, goddamn uh, uh, Andrew. I almost called him Anthony. Oh. <laughs> yeah, T- Tony oh, Carnegie. Carnegie. Oh, I'm Tony, Tony Carnegie. <laughs> no, it's actually Drew. It's Drew Carnegie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, my name's I'm Drew. I'm building up the steel industry over here. Matt on. They're on strike. Um. <laughs> yeah, they, like, beat, they like, killed you. Yeah, That's so. fucking wild. Yeah, there was a lot of strike breaking during this time. That's why you're all about workers' rights. Yeah, that's why DSA. I'm a socialist. Yeah, Ben's literally a socialist. We were lying earlier about the Princeton thing, but 
Yeah, <laughs> I could still be both. <laughs> like an Ivy League professor can't also be a socialist. <laughs> I've never heard of such a thing. I mean, it seems. Okay. Anyway, um, uh, Goldwater Republicans. In in what in academia? Ivy League academia? Yeah, you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, not really, at all. It was so funny is when you look back and like everyone just thought Barry Goldwater was insane because of like I guess he would say kind of odd things, but like when you look at it now, you're like, eh, this, it's pretty this, tame. This seems fine, but it's also probably his fault that the bar was raised so high. <laughs> yeah, that's you a know? good point. Anyway, we got to do an episode about Barry Goldwater, but let's okay. focus. Let's get back. So these these people were so rich that basically they say that uh, like adjusted for inflation at the height of their wealth, this family, uh, they probably had like bill gates level money gee really something like uh, like in the hundreds of billions they had maybe about like a billion dollars back then oh my god and this was like in the in the early like it's like a dollar a person (laughs) yeah it was a dollar a person um there was one billion people that might be true i don't know um so this guy carl right dad lukey's dad uh was he built this fortune up basically by himself, so he, as a result, was very demanding of his children. I, I have to imagine if you built, if you became a self-made billionaire in like the yeah. 1600s or whatever, yeah, you'd be and a very like, demanding guy. It was one of those things where also it was he controlled a a major industry which was like steel. Yeah. Uh, at a time when all the powers in Europe were ramping up for a major war. Oh, right? of course. And. Uh, World this War guy, Fun. Yeah, World War Fun. That's what, what they called it back then. <laughs> because they didn't know it was going to be the first one. They thought so they called it World War Fun. And then afterward, they were like, oh, World, we can... Yeah. And then the next one was World War Boo. Um, yeah. <laughs> World War Fun and World War Boo. Yeah. Um, well, one was really fun, one was really dour. I, I would say, I would argue that World War One was the dour one. I think so. This World is War Two was a blast. So, <laughs> I mean, okay. it was... It was, I think I mean, it was horrible for a lot of people. Yeah, but so many like crazy like with World War One, it was just like just nonstop misery because like they didn't change tactics. There were no like really new technologies developed. It was just people just po- fighting in trenches yeah, for a and while. Yeah, fucking bunch of goddamn poles on fucking horses. Yeah, basically. But dude, okay, did I talk about this? The 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 very drunken podcast I recorded with Vic and Aaron Brooks about history. No. Wait, when did you do this? So this was about two weeks ago. What happened was, uh, well, Aaron doesn't drink, but but, but I was drunk, and, and I think uh, I don't think Vic was. We were, but we were all very high. Yeah. And <laughs> me and Vic got into a, a very kind of lighthearted debate mm-hmm. about World War One versus World War Two, which was more sad. Okay. And so we were kind of just lightly talking about it, like we weren't really in a debate or nothing. And then Aaron just goes like. He's like, yeah, I don't really know much about history. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And then, like, we're, like, like, he goes, he was like, I, he was like, I don't know. He goes, I don't know which war Hitler was in. No way. And that, and Aaron. I was like, and I was like, well, I mean, he was kind of in both. And then I was like, well, because in well, one no, of them, I mean, he fought like as that, a, the answer to that question is World War II. Right. And so I go, well, <laughs> because he fought in one he of them. He fought in World War I. And then he goes, yeah, but like, which one was he like the big dog? <laughs> Aaron, you referred to Hitler as a big dog. Aaron, yeah. And so what we did is we recorded. That's a, that's embarrassing. I, he was very embarrassed. We recorded a <laughs> podcast <laughs> where we just talked about history with Aaron, and we just that's quizzed so embarrassing. It's like, dude, come on. We told him about Franz Ferdinand, and he was like, he had no idea that was a guy. He just thought it was a band. That's fine. I mean, like, I get that. I don't that's, know. That's, that's kind of. I mean, that's. 
I understand. Like Aaron said that they didn't get the fact that he doesn't know that Hitler was the 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 thing in World War Two is astonishing. Well, dude. Okay, Aaron. His, his high school history well, yeah. stopped before the Civil War. Like the American one. Don't, listeners out there, don't don't raise your children in Missouri. Well, well, ever. No, no it's, Please it's never Dubois, do that. Illinois. Uh, Whatever, in Illinois too. It's a very, very rural area. Don't, live, don't raise your children in rural areas. All the cops just like drank with like the high schoolers and like partied with them. Like, like he'll tell stories about where he grew up. And I've, t- I've said this to him that like I can't believe... He grew up in America sometimes. Like, like that's crazy to me. I, I'm amazed he can read. Well, we don't have to go <laughs> like that. Uh, but what was funny is that so we, so we recorded the podcast. And we've, I think we're going to try to do an actual one. Okay. Like, that was a very rough a, test a rough drive draft. because we were all fucked up. And I was just in shock about a lot of stuff. I'll send it to you. It's, about it's, Aaron not knowing that Hitler was involved in World War II? Yeah. I don't like. I, I'm, I, I'm having trouble... Going on with know, this he episode right now. He didn't right know now. what uh, time frame World War II was fought in. He doesn't know the dates? Does no. he know when Pearl Harbor was? No. <laughs> no. No. Ben, no. Does he, re- does he remember September 11th? He does. That okay. that he's aware of. But uh, okay. thanks, Only because he the, lived through it. Thanks to the actions of one Noel Wagwan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, it's basically like... Yeah, it was incredible. I um, can't believe that. I think what what I might do because we're not gonna put that episode out. That's unbelievable, Pat. I, dude, it, and it was so fun because Aaron's so funny, so it was just such a blast to do. So I don't. He's not a dumb guy. No, it's, not it's at all. ignorance. We also like, had to keep stressing that throughout because he was starting to get depressed by the end of it. But yeah. basically, oh, also, you know what the name of it is? What history's mysteries. <laughs> So we're not going to put that episode out, but because it is very raw and very like we were just making it up to go along. Ugh, I'm going to ask them if I can put it up on our Patreon for, for people. OK, I'll ask them if it's if it's cool. We can put it at a higher tier, too. Maybe. I don't know if we want. I don't know. I mean, probably uh, we'll just keep it the same. Basically, yeah, if you here, guys, we have a Patreon. <laughs> and um, the way this this thing works is normally, as you all know, Ben teaches me about philosophy and it's uh, a rather pointless affair. Uh, not for lack of trying to give you credit, <laughs> but the Thank Patreon. You. Finally, after a hundred episodes, you acknowledge the the work I've put in. Yes, <laughs> the fruitless work. <laughs> oh, absolutely fruitless. Um, and so basically, uh, on our Patreon, we flip the damn script, and I teach Ben about literally anything I want. And yeah. We, uh, we our last episode. Well, actually, the last episode we put up, we interviewed Michael Park, uh, yeah. who is the door guy at Seventeen the Large. Yeah, of Seventeen Large fame. Uh, he told some stories. It was insane. Uh, we've discussed uh, the lizard people and government and how that theory came about. Uh, what else we talk about? We talked Genghis about Khan. Genghis Khan. We've uh, talked about black uh, metal music and the culture adjacent to it. Fermi's paradox. We've we've oh yeah, Fermi's paradox. I forgot stuff. we did Fermi's paradox. Uh, yeah. So also, if you so it's five bucks a month, you get an extra episode a week. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. But uh, what you also get is you get free admission. To the Velvet Room whenever you want. And um, also, what else do you get? Also, if you want to come to a show and you live in Austin, just message me. I'll just I'll fucking get you. They're going to say no. Who cares? Yeah, true. Whatever. We so lo- join our Patreon. <laughs> we love our fans. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I like the ones who um, pay for it. The, yeah. the ones who don't, I think, are a vile, scum-sucking pigs. But... Well, hold on. <laughs> You gotta calm down, okay? Because well, they can be retargeted the later okay, and get them on board. That's true. That's yeah. very true. So, so actually, be nice. <laughs> I guess my point is, I'm trying to make is that you're all wonderful. Oh, is that the point? Yeah. 
So get, right. so, 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 so get back to Leibowitz. Okay, so... To Annie Leibowitz. <laughs> yeah, so Annie Leibowitz. Perverted photographer, Annie Leibowitz. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Wittgenstein, wh- where was I? Oh, yeah, so Carl, big man, uh, oh, the captain of industry, this fucking tycoon, the Andrew Carnegie of Austria-Hungary, he... <clears throat> Oh yeah, we're, that's that's how we got distracted because we started talking about one of the world wars, which always gets us off track. And the album is um, called "I'm Gay." Yeah. So the um, <laughs> uh, so this guy Carl basically built up Austria's entire like steel industry Aww. almost almost single almost single handedly. That's so sweet. Um. Yeah. Well, he didn't do it for <laughs> for free. What a nice guy. He didn't do it for free. They say chivalry's dead. Well, guess what? <laughs> It's Pat, not. Shut you, up for a second. You dumb bitch. <laughs> Pat, so uh, he didn't do it for free. He did it for billions of dollars and uh, basically ensuring that his whole family would, A, be comfortably provided for in perpetuity, but also, B, uh, be under a lot of pressure to measure up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds like a lot of pressure. Yeah. And so and, and this guy, Carl, made it like explicitly known that he wanted his children to carry on the tradition of being like <laughs> business entrepreneurs and like like just captains of industry basically and yeah. guess what none of them wanted to do that <laughs> why would you? i mean that's <laughs> so much pressure <laughs> almost all of them <laughs> were artists basically um and here's a fun fact uh little lukey ludwig wittgenstein he uh he had four other Four other brothers, three Lukey's, of... Lukey's boat was painted green. What? Nothing. Keep on. What? Okay, fine. So, <laughs> uh, Wittgenstein had four other brothers, uh, three of which committed suicide. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Three oh, my God. I, would, I was not ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> from, Why did they do that? Because of all, of the pressure that their father put him on. Oh, my God. And it's basically like like the Royal Tenenbaums on fucking meth. Man, parents are... <laughs> like, they, awful. They can be... Horrible. Hor- they can they ruin you. They will <laughs> fucking ruin you sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but jeez. So here's the thing. Up until they were... Up until, like, some of them committed suicide, they were all geniuses. Um, there's this one <laughs> oh guy... They're all geniuses. This is so All of them sad. were geniuses. Uh... There's Paul Wittgenstein, who is his his brother. He uh, he didn't commit. I think he was the only brother of his that didn't commit suicide. Fucking good on <laughs> you. Uh, he fought in World War One, lost his arm. Oh, but b- before he uh, <laughs> fought in World War One, he was an accomplished like uh, like pianist. Like he would he he was a professional oh, piano no. player. And he lost his arm. No, okay, hold on. It's actually kind of a f- cool story. He lost his left arm. That is cool. I think he lost his left arm. I can't remember which arm he lost, but he lost one of his arms in World War One. One of the big dogs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, t- <laughs> yeah, fighting alongside the big dog himself, Hitler. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, he lost one of his arms, and then he was like despondently depressed for like uh, probably like the better half of a decade until he taught himself to play piano with his one arm. And then uh, this really famous composer, I can't remember who it was, if it was like Schoenberg or Mahler. It was Beethoven. Beethoven's dead. Uh, But um, someone wrote a uh, like a sonata or a concerto for him or something like that. That's like it's called uh, like, you know, sonata for the left hand. I think that's what it's called. He lost his right hand and it's designed or it's written so he could play it with just one hand. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe people do that. There's a guy with no arms who plays guitar with his feet. 
<laughs> I woke up at 12.30 today. <laughs> this guy's playing guitar with his fucking feet. Yeah. And that so imagine that guy who plays guitar with his fucking feet. Uh, if he was like the son of uh, <laughs> of uh, Warren Buffett, dude, I can't play banjo if my. So it's like you're talented, and then you also have access to billions of dollars. I cannot play my banjo <laughs> if my index finger, if the nail isn't grown out enough. Like, and this guy's <laughs> playing his guitar with his fucking feet. <laughs> yeah, because I well, use that as a. Pin. Well, this World War One veteran is playing his claw hammer banjo. Ben <laughs> is playing piano with his non-dominant hand. Well. <laughs> and, he, and this is a guy who did not kill himself. He's the guy who didn't kill himself. Christ. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the sisters, the sisters are all fine. They uh, all married. They all married rich, rich people and uh, did pretty well for themselves. Uh, one one sister is actually the subject of a painting by Gustav Klimt. You know, Gustav Klimt. No. Uh, no. OK. He's this artist from. Why would you? I <laughs> I'll look him up. Maybe all, I might, I might you know, know you wouldn't re- recognize his fucking uh paintings. Gustav Klimt? Klimt. Oh, Klimt. It's K L I M T. There's there's a there's a famous painting by him called The Kiss which was on every single college girl's uh wall. Whoa, this guy fucking rules. Have you never seen a Gustav Klimt no, painting before? I don't know this painting okay. at all. Well, wow, this... wow, this looks This guy fucking is pretty tight. You know what? I got something out of this podcast today. <laughs> Fuck you. I love art. Okay. So this guy was a personal friend of the Wittgensteins. Close personal friend. A close personal friend. He literally was. He painted uh there's one there's probably one painting there in your search that's of uh Lil oh, Lukey's yeah. Lil Lukey's sister. I think it's like Marguerite or something. Marguerite Wittgenstein. All right. Keep going. Anyway, so <clears throat> so that's some background of his family. His family was fucking like F- fires and circuses intense you know um sounds like it <laughs> uh and so the, so he had a lot of pressure basically he had a lot of pressure uh to live up to he first went and studied ladies a babe yeah of course they're rich their pussies are like made of milk what it's the, like oh, it's amazing <laughs> what the where did that come from <laughs> rich people are fucking hotter <laughs> But it's, but it's true. They take genitals are made of milk. <laughs> I bet her fucking pussy's made of milk. Gross. Benny the frat boy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Old Greek Ben. Who fucking yeah, knew? Greek, Greek ben. life Ben. <laughs> yeah, I bet her fucking ass is like strawberry shortcake. I'm Ben. <laughs> yeah, I'd eat dinner off of her fucking tits. I'm Ben. Oh, I love sex. Oh, come over and have sex. I'm Ben. <laughs> okay, are you done? my impression of you yeah okay good frat so, boy greek life ben greek life ben the newest character life on ben. show <laughs> greek life ben new character I I the, wait what was i gonna change my twitter name to earlier because now i'm gonna change it to greek <laughs> life ben okay so anyway <laughs> okay so this fucking guy uh he uh, is is obviously very talented. He's very precocious. He's very smart. He has a, a knack for not only like playing the violin, but also uh, he can learn languages really well. And he uh, is also really good at math. So he's just this fucking nerd, this little la- like nerdy lad who's good at math. So he little nerdy lad. Yeah. So he goes to the University of Manchester, uh, in it, in England, uh, to study at first aeronautical engineering. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I'm pregnant. Pregnant with ideas of how to how to sustain flight 
for modern modern aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> but first, a spot of tea. Spot of tea. Hello. Hello. Um, so I'm from the least erotic culture in the world. <laughs> Hello. Okay, well, wait until he meets Bertrand Russell because that guy was erotic. As oh, right, yeah, that him? guy was a was an eroticist. <laughs> yeah, he's professional a eroticist. eroticist. <laughs> okay, so let's we gotta get through this because there's a lot. I'm a member of the eroticist church. <laughs> the, the ero- well, this is gonna be a two parter ero- anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, we can do his bio, then do his uh, philosophy for the next one, or what do you? Sure, we can just do his bio for this one. That might work better, actually. Sure. Okay. Because um, you said this is the big dog. This is the big dog. This yeah. is the a- this is your Adolf Hitler. This is my this is my. I believe Fuhrer. is how you refer to this him. This is earlier. my Fuhrer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yeah, let's just do the bio and see how it goes. So this guy, uh, while he's at Manchester, right? He's studying aeronautical engineering. He he just kind of casually uh, designs a uh, like s- he he kind of makes like the prototype of a jet engine that would later be used in World War II, just kind of like as a side project. <laughs> um, and he starts getting, he's not satisfied with doing this actual like engineering stuff, this applied math. He starts thinking about like the more philosophical aspects of like what is math? <laughs> how do you follow rules? Like how do you know that two plus two equals four? Like all this shit. He tries to get into it because like when you start thinking about it, like why does two plus two equal four? I don't know. I've thought about man. The concept <laughs> of numbers is has always kind of vaguely upset me. So I <laughs> yeah. tried to think about it. Okay, so that's another thing. That's a that's a theme throughout his entire life is that he's motivated to basically do philosophy because it all upsets him. Like everything is upsetting to him, and because he can't figure it out, right? He's confused by all this shit. Yeah. So he it's basically just his entire life. His philosophy is just him trying to do it himself. Like what the fuck are numbers? How do you follow a rule? Um, what is to the meaning? best of your ability? What is meaning? I don't know. Um, <laughs> a kiss, a kiss from the willing. A kiss from the willing. That's meaning. That's a really specific. Well, I just definition. I, I, just, I just enjoy. I'm a, I'm a I'm a kiss guy. I enjoy kissing. Okay. Okay. So what does that have to do with meaning? I wonder why. Okay. While you ponder that, like why kissing is good. Well, like why do you kiss? I don't know. Right. Because like, what purpose does that serve? Well, 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 you know, you gotta, you know. Yeah, but is it just that? It's kind of like you're uh, priming a Chevrolet <laughs> with oil. Yeah, but you also get it. A, a lot of people do that without the expectation of, uh, you know, revving the engine. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Huh. So, like, why do you kiss if it's not for that purpose? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I honestly, I cannot answer. Yeah. And I will not answer. Okay, fine. I cannot answer. So this guy is trying to figure out things like that. Just little things like that, right? Why we kiss? Well, like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, why Why do our gestures and w- words and sentences have the meaning that they do? Where does meaning come from? That's kind of like the overarching theme of the questions he's asking. Okay. Okay? <clears throat> so, all right, so jumping back into his life, he, uh, he's starts corresponding with this German fucker named uh, Gottlob. Got- what? His name is Gottlob Frigi. Oh, no. <laughs> Gottlob Frigi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? That's so good. Isn't that the gnarliest name? Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Gottlob. F- so in dr- I guess in the German pronunciation, it'd be Gottlob Frege. Um, 
but like I don't know, man. I feel weird saying it in any way. German accents make me think of forests. They make me think of people living in forests who you do not want to encounter on a road going through yeah. the okay. trees. When you take your wagon through the trees, watch out for Germans. Yeah. If I ever, if I'm ever in the they forest, they are a forest people. They're forest people, dude. And if I'm ever in the forest. And I see like some guy walking towards me, and I'd be like, "All right, whatever." But if you if I kind of nod and say hello, and he goes like "Guten Tag," I would fucking run. Yeah. Where would you run though? Because you're already lost. Um. Well, no. If <laughs> you're I was already just... lost in the woods. Oh, if I was lost in the woods. <laughs> um. I think I would just kind of go, "Oh, okay," and I would just keep. I would just try to get away. I think I would just keep walking the direction I was going in, and I would keep turning around, fully expecting him to turn into a wolf or something, or some kind of candy monster. <laughs> Fairy tales are, can be so upsetting. They all come from Germany, too. Like, all those yeah. grim fairy tales. <laughs> yeah, it's all like, uh, yeah. You know the Grimm brothers? They were, like, real. I know. The yeah. brothers Grimm. They actually were, were linguists. Yeah. On top of, like... Is that weird? <laughs> being mythologists, yeah. And they just, like, collected folklore, I guess. Yeah. Pretty good. It's pretty good they did. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about all the, uh, the, the stories that were so common back then that we'll uh, never know because yeah. no one wrote them down and, or no one ever pass them along i think about that all the time there's so many mus- musicians like that there are some people well who... there's like that who's that guy who went across the southern u.s like recording blues and other yeah like, there's a lot music. of those guys there's a lot of uh, musicologists who do that yeah but uh and they, they, they did that the, they're called field recordings they did that with like old-time music uh in like the uh the south and, and shit mm-hmm. and uh like, and if, and like there's a lot of people who like they recorded who like because of that they were able to make their living as musicians but before that they were just like Coal yeah. miners who just played music. At right. Night. And that was their Netflix, basically. This is yeah. the, that's what distracted them from, from the drudgery yeah. and toil of Soldier's their lives. Joy. That's what that's what they played and shit. And it was like Damn. and like if they didn't record them, I mean, I'm sure they would have still passed them. I don't know. Well, no, I, mean, I definitely not necessarily. Known that's actually why it was good that the recordings were taken. I'm not I'm from the fucking you know, we're from a DC suburb. We wouldn't know that about that music. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? There's no fucking way I should. I shouldn't know how to know how to play the banjo, but I do. I don't know why you do. It was fun, but like <laughs> I'm saying, if it wasn't for like the internet and people documenting shit, all we would have lost all of it. Yeah. Then you asshole. Okay, <laughs> so relax, you prick. So we, we got fucking so distracted. So we gotta get back to Gottlob. <laughs> yeah, what's up with Gottlob? Okay, so Gottlob is this fucking anti-Semite. Oh no! Who, uh, <laughs> yeah, <he's>, Gottlob. <laughs> we, no. We're, we're, we might have to do an episode about him. Because he was very important in the development of like modern like logic, uh, in philosophy, <laughs> but uh, he was also a a horrible anti semite. Sure. Um. But anyway, he came up with these inter- interesting ideas of like how to formalize like logical questions and logical like statements. Like um. Uh, like when you just say a statement about anything, like, uh, I am cool. Yeah, like I am cool, right? There's like a logical form that kind of lies underneath the linguistic form, which is like for all for all entities that are you or that are like Pat, uh, there is this characteristic that's attached to it, which is coolness. Right. And so it's like breaking that down, like logically. Why am I so cool? Yeah. Right. Just like a, I'm just like a pretty rad guy who has some pretty cool ideas. And then so you have these like other implications, implications of that. Like what happens if you're cool? Like, well, maybe you get laid a lot or something, well, right? no, but... Um, <laughs> not necessarily. Not, you know, um, you know. 
but mostly mostly I just lean against walls. Okay, so if you're cool, then you definitely lean against walls. Leather jacket wrapped around my fucking waist. Would you say that like that's Breakfast Club? That that's a defining characteristic of being cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone who's cool does that. Yeah. Okay. Unless and if, if you haven't leaned against the wall with a leather jacket wrapped around your waist, I think you're a fucking nerd. Okay. <laughs> and I think you should get beaten to death. Okay, so this guy basically formalized all this like symbolism of like uh, for every person, every human being, Gottlieb. X, or, or, or Gottman or whatever. Gottlob, yeah. Gottlob. Gottlob Frege. <laughs> even the fake ones that come up with are not as bad as his <laughs> Gottlob. It's the worst. It's probably the worst first name I've ever heard in my entire I've life. I've never heard that. Gottlob. It's G-O-T-T-L-O-B. <laughs> the fact that it, that, it, that it's phonetically spelled, too, it's really funny. It's just, it's, that's just it how sucks. exactly I thought it would be. It sucks. <laughs> But anyway, this guy came up with this important fucking innovation in how to express like uh, logical propositions. What are you looking at his name? I yeah, <laughs> but I, I fucked up and I actually spelled it hot lob <laughs> with two T's. Let's call this guy Hot Lob from now because <laughs> he was a fucking so Hot Lob. Oh, yeah. what a babe! What an anti-Semitic babe! Yeah, so Hot Lob. Uh, was basically corresponding with Wittgenstein because Wittgenstein was really interested in the foundations of mathematics and like how how does like uh how does like math line up with logic like where do we wh- where do we get the idea of numbers from uh, I believe uh, how do we the Arabs well no yes yes that's where we get the uh, owned the si- the signs for those numbers yeah, I but the again. concepts of the numbers come to us lo- I mean, like intuitively almost. Oh. Like, you know what two is. You know what three is. You know what six is. You know what 745 is. Yeah. You know what 69 is. Yeah, I do, dude. Right? Um, Mutual like, oral sex. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> but you also know what that number is. Like, you know it's less than 70. You probably don't know this, but it could be div- divided by three. Um, <laughs> like, things like that, right? <laughs> Sorry, that's so insulting. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 anyway, yeah. Like you know, when I say sixty nine, yeah, you you think of two things: the horrendous sex act, the horrendous, sinful, <laughs> hell warranting sex act. It's why there's been so many earthquakes. Yeah, it's God and, punishing us for everyone sixty nine. Right, and the number. Yeah, right. You understand what the number is, uh, even though we have like a six and a nine represent sixty nine. Like the Romans had their bullshit. Fucking the Chinese had their own number system to represent the same idea of 69. <laughs> so <laughs> sacred geometry, sacred of 69. geometry of 69. Yeah. And then when you combine that together with 420 and oh, no. 666, oh, uh, brother, get out of the way. Yeah. Be careful. Um, but they're coming for you. Anyway, like thinking about these questions, like what, you know, where, how do we know that 69 is 69? Like, how do we know that? How do we know that? 69 divided by 3 is 23, right? Which is the greatest of all time. Sure. Right? The goat. MJ. So Yeah. So 69 divided by 3 is Michael goat. Jeffrey Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> From North Carolina. So if you take if you if you get if you take two no, if you get if you take three Michael Jordans, you get an amazing fellatio session. And yeah. <laughs> right? Do you see it? But you nodded, right? Because it makes sense. Yeah. Because you did the math. I did the math. Yeah. Why did it make sense? 
Why uh, do those numbers? Twenty three times three is sixty nine. Yeah, but why does twenty three times three equal sixty nine? Could you count it? I count it on my fingers. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> I sometimes do. Um, it's hard not to count your fingers, man. Okay, so this is just kind of like, uh, like setup for what he's interested in. He's trying to figure out like how do we know these fucking things? How do how how come when we say sixty nine, <laughs> we know it means a specific quantity? Like how do words get meaning? Things like that. So I he think what happens is these there. things get put into your head when you're young, and your brain is still you know a formless void. Uh, of a stew of brain matter, and then you have it just gets stuck in your head, and it's a thing where you can't explain it. It's like okay, it's, but it's so just that there. means that Im- that means that you that if you grew up differently in a world, let's say where sixty nine was not divisible by three, whoa, or twenty three was not. Let's say you were it was pushed into your brain that twenty three times three equals seventy, then that would be legitimate. That's what you're implying. That's what what you just said implies hmm well but you know that's fundamentally wrong that's not true you're fucking wrong okay so you're wrong about everything ben let me finish this up because we got to wrap up soon (laughs) but basically so he's thinking about these questions he starts corresponding with gotlob oh no uh or hotlob and hotlob hotlob starts off every letter by dear you fucking Jew. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. And he, yeah. And then Wittgenstein the whole you know, time. I think this guy's anti-Semitic. Yeah. And he's like, I'm so fucking rich. I could bury you. But ah. I'll whatever. I'll take it because I need to learn more from you. Yeah. So he's corresponding with this fucking anti-Semite. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, the, and this guy goes, <laughs> Gottlob goes, okay, Ludwig, uh, let me introduce you to this pervert, Bertrand Russell. Oh, who's yeah, this also guy. doing work in logic. <laughs> uh, meet up with this guy, talk to him, and don't shake his hand. Don't shake his hand. <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, do not fucking shake his hand. Um, but okay, so there's this one quote that I just need to read when they first meet, which is really really funny. Oh no. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let's see. Give me one second. You know, for a second I forgot we were recording. Like I was just sitting here <laughs> politely, then I was like, "Oh, right, we I should talk while Ben searches for this." Yeah. Uh, well, talk a little bit while I search for it because I, I I need to pull it up. Okay. Hey, gang, <laughs> how the hell? No. Well, the, that's the thing is that. The thing about math, the reason that it kind of upsets me is that I remember as a kid thinking that, like being like, "Well, how do we know that?" You know, it's like that thing, and I know everyone always says this, and it's kind of cliche, but it's like, how do I know that when I see red, you don't see it as what I think is orange? You know oh what my I god, mean? We, we can do we can do that too. No, There's a whole I thing called don't. Gru that we should fucking explore. Oh, great. Okay, <laughs> just because like you know that that is kind of a cliche thing, but honestly, how do we? You know what I mean? It's just it's a fucking logic is a big <laughs> flaw. I th- I feel like sometimes. I mean. That's interesting that you say that because he kind of brings us up. Uh, Man, me and this guy are like simpatico, way. I know. I, I thought that you'd like him. Yeah. Fuck, I can't find the fucking. I'm gonna hang quote. out with him on the Stugats. Look, I'll I'll find the quote later. But basically, this guy, <laughs> this guy, meets. So Russell meets Wittgenstein, and it's so like taken aback by his intensity because he's fucking intense. Yeah. He's like, I need to know what numbers are. <laughs> like, you need to tell me, or I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Oh my god. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're like, wow, I and, thought I admired your work, but yeah. you don't know what numbers are. <laughs> no, and and Bertrand Russell idiot. is like, you know, just like tying up his robe. Right. <laughs> yeah, just, and he's like, whoa, dude, it's too early. Just <laughs> honker flopping everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he basically says like he says something to the effect of like if this guy like he's a genius, but we if he <laughs> if he. Uh, commits himself anymore to this he might kill himself and so i need to try to save him from killing himself oh wow basically yeah i feel that way about you well yeah thanks. this podcast has been a <laughs> it's an exercise effort. in, 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 in sympathy <laughs> yeah i just don't want ben to kill himself <laughs> you know it'd be upsetting well I, it'd be a personal favor if you don't okay <laughs> you know what ben I, I owe you one that's okay fine Oh, uh, <laughs> that's a wild <laughs> transaction to, to make with someone. What? If you, I'll, if you don't kill yourself, <laughs> I will owe you one in perpetuity. Yeah. Like, that's a crazy exchange. I owe you one. Um, well, so that, that's basically the relationship that Wittgenstein and Russell had. Uh, and <laughs> so basically he, he had him come over to Cambridge. He started studying under Russell. Uh, Russell was at this point already like... Uh, well, is he born in seventy two? So he was already ma- like in his forties. Like he already had like half of his career, and like fucked half of the women he was gonna fuck. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, cause, but he, he, yeah, he was so old. He was really old. He was already like middle aged when he met Wittgenstein. Wittgenstein was like much much younger, and he took him on as a protege. Okay, and sort of thought of him as like an heir, as someone who would like, you know, carry on his his philosophy and his ideas, and. Wittgenstein kind of like just took it way further and was way more intense about about it and eventually uh like turned on Russell not turned on him but basically was like like you're you're a stupid old man and your philosophy is like it's just nonsensical and wrong whoa and he just like talked shit about him what did he say Russell yeah Russell just kind of described him as difficult <laughs> <laughs> After yeah, after someone which, reads that, he's like, well, yeah, he's just kind of difficult. Which he was. He sounds difficult. Okay, so, so last last little bit. So basically, before their relationship soured. <laughs> Sound, yeah. Um, sounds like it soured. Yeah, he, he was working with him really closely, and he came up with this whole theory that sort of was close to Bertrand Russell's idea of logical atomism, uh, which is this picture theory of meaning, which is like, uh, language and thought and propositions map onto pictures of the world. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk about this in the second part. Um, but he wrote this book that sort of outlines this entire philosophy. It's called the Tractatus. It's called the Tractatus Logical. What? It's called the Tractatus Logico Philosophicus. <coughs> oh come on! We, we're not, I don't want to learn about that. <laughs> that. Well, you're gonna. Fucking. Sucks. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna have I liked to. All, I liked all the other stuff, but that was pretty. Okay, hold on. So wait, wait. Let me get. Let me just explain the the facts of his yeah. bio. Sure. And then we'll get into that. It's in a the magic next book they found in the catacombs of the Vatican or something. No, 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 no. Here's what happened. He fucking he he wrote it. He started writing it in Cambridge, and then World War One broke out, and so he went back home to Austria and fought. In the Austrian army <laughs> against England, right where he was just at school, uh, and he became a captain, led like several charges, got like uh, several awards for bravery, um, and was taken prisoner by the Italians of all people. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, in 1918, like at the tail end of the war, uh, of the war, and he wrote the rest of this fucking book, the Tractatus, 
while he was in this prisoner of war camp. Jeez. Okay. And while he was doing that, <laughs> because this fucking this is white privilege to the max, uh, he even in this pr- prisoner of war camp, <laughs> he managed to like make it known that he was a Wittgenstein, right? Like he managed to make it known that he was a Kardashian, in other words, oh, right? No. Like he's like, um, I'm fucking rich, and so I get special privileges, and nice. so and so they were like, yeah, okay. That allowed him to send mail back to England, which was basically his manuscript for this book, which he sent back to Bertrand Russell. Bertrand Russell read it, according to Wittgenstein, didn't understand it, <laughs> but just approved it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Look, you seem like a nice enough kid, sure. He was like, he's like, you're at war. This is way over my head. <laughs> 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 and it must have been, and it must have been a fucking bitch to write this. <laughs> in a trench or in a prisoner of war camp. So I'm just going to like put it up to the fellows or whatever at Cambridge as your like uh, as your thesis for like a doctorate or whatever. Yeah. Right. So he he submits it. uh, They approve it. He becomes a a doctor in philosophy because of this book that he wore that he wrote while he was at war. (laughs) And then um, God. Can you imagine that's how this guy's unwinding after getting <laughs> shot at all day? So you you don't even know the half of it. It's not, we're not even done yet. Oh no! So this guy, uh, he in the book in the Tractatus, he basically says that he essentially solves all of the problems of philosophy, and nothing ne- nothing more needs to be said about it. <laughs> and so he retires basically. And goes to Austria, like uh, like the countryside of Austria after the war, like in 1920, and he becomes a school teacher. That's weird. <laughs> like for elementary school children. Uh, that sucks. <laughs> okay, that is a waste of your <laughs> intellect. So while he's there, he also designs a house for his sister, uh, in like a modernist style. He designs the entire house, um, and it's like it's like a fucking UNESCO site, like cultural site or whatever, um, and then. He gets in trouble because he slaps this kid because he's what? too dumb. What? He throws a book at him, basically. Oh, no. He, like, he, like is kind of like the Heights version. Yeah, I was about to say. It's What was that guy's name? <laughs> Joe, Joe McPherson. Yeah, he's the Joe McPherson. <laughs> kind of. He was like... He, Our basically... former headmaster who was fired for punching a child in the no, face. No, he wasn't the headmaster. He was the Latin teacher. His brother, Rich, oh. Rich was the Rich headmaster. Rich McPherson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he punched a boy in the face. Yeah. And um, started the new school and a bunch of, like... People went to it, and it's like... Including the family of the kid who he punched, I think. Really? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I may be making that up. But anyway, this was at a time where, like, corporal punishment wasn't unheard of, uh, and so Wittgenstein got really mad at this kid because... life was corporal punishment back then. Well, yeah. So Wittgenstein got really mad at this kid because this kid was kind of dumb (laughs) and, like, gave the wrong answer, so he (laughs) slapped him, (laughs) and he got in trouble for that, as he should have. (laughs) And so <laughs> this is this is so crazy. So he fucking he gets fi- fired. <laughs> oh, also, a- at some point earlier, he gives away his fortune that he inherits from his father who died, uh, which is like uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Jeez. He like gives it away to charity <laughs> or, or to his sisters or his family. But he is like almost penniless on a very, very slim budget. He's living as a teacher. <laughs> In a rural Austrian town, yeah, where he slaps this kid, gets in trouble, gets fired, and so what he does as a result is he goes, all right, well, I might as well just be a fellow at Cambridge University, 
So he t- he texts Bertrand Russell, and he's like, "Hey man." He texts him. Yeah, I was like, I got in some trouble down here. Uh, can I get can I get a job up there? And Bertrand is like, you know, he's wrapping up his robe, honker flying everywhere, and he goes, "Oh, good show, old chap," and basically recommends him as to be a lecturer right. and a profe- and a professor at Cambridge University. A jolly good, jolly good, and he spends. Basically, the rest of his career there, uh, he decides that, like, oh, okay, maybe I was wrong, and I didn't solve all the problems of philosophy, so I'm going to try again. And then he starts writing a new book called The Philosophical Investigations. That was published posthumously, and uh, in the meantime, he he's also trying to get his uh, sisters and brother out of Austria because during this time Hitler takes over and they're technically Jewish. Or Jammer put it, the big dog. The big dog, yeah. <laughs> so the big dog takes over in Austria. It's called the Anschluss. <laughs> um, and they're technically Jewish even though their father converted to Christianity when he was younger. Uh, oh. They're still considered Jewish by the Nazi regime. Uh-oh. And All that hard work for nothing. Well, so here's what happens, which is kind of fucked. I guess it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, World War Two was pretty fucked up. Pro- World War Two was pretty fucked up. Who who knew? <laughs> you know who didn't? Aaron. Um. <laughs> there is a moment on the recording <laughs> where I go, I realized, and I want to spoil it, that he probably doesn't know about a very significant thing that happened here uh, during World War Two, and that, so there's a moment where I'm like, What do you mean, like? So what what event? The Japanese internment. Oh, in my head, I was oh. like, I wonder if he knows about that. I don't, I don't want to spoil his answer, but I, but there's a moment where I go, I, I stop what we're doing, and I'm like, oh my god, you're aware of this, right? I, I go, I just realized, like, if you don't know about this, this is gonna like break your heart because it's That's such, such a, a sad story. It's such a sad story, and that is a failure of the education system. That Aaron he went has through. been. Uh, That's failed. really sad. That's is, not his fault. No, Aaron's, yeah. Aaron is a very smart person who's been let down by every major been, institution yeah. in his life. Thoroughly disappointed <laughs> in the in the, the uh, every institution, the institution of marriage, uh, of fatherhood, of public schools, everything. Yeah. I mean, again, the cops used to like. They used to party with this st- and like, yeah, ah, whatever, whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> Aaron aside, so this guy, so Wittgenstein, he moves back to England. He's in Cambridge. He hosts these seminars where basically uh, or he teaches these seminars where basically he walks around, asks himself extremely abstract questions, uh, doesn't let anyone answer them because he's thinking through it himself. <laughs> he yells at them if they try to answer. At who? <laughs> At his students, the students who were taking oh, the class. So that is so funny. What a dick. Yeah. So they just had to sit there in silence. They, just had to sit, they sat there in silence. And he worked it out in his head. In his head. And sometimes he would shout like something. Uh, and ba- and they would just write notes. I don't know what they were writing notes about. What are they writing? What were they possibly writing? But he was like commenting and shit. What the fuck shit. is this? This yeah. is a waste of our money. What a dick. Uh huh. No, they loved it. They loved him. Oh, man. They all like, they started dressing like him. Like he he he, he started, must have been so pissed. He started getting disciples, and he hated it. He fucking hated that he got all these disciples. He hates philosophy. He hates philosophy. So he's getting disciples based on something he does not like. Yeah. <laughs> There's but a, that's the thing is like he's it's his life mission to basically defeat this dragon. Sure. He's basically saying that like all these stupid questions that you get in philosophy, like what is free will, what is God, what is time, what is the nature What's of, your problem? of substance, what is your problem, Bitch. what's the meaning of life. His main answer to all of those is basically the question doesn't make sense. 
Uh, and I'm trying to understand why we're trying to frame the question in that way. Uh, and he largely says that philosophy is a therapeutic exercise. It doesn't provide positive answers to these questions. If you ask, what is free will or do we have free will? His answer is, it's not whether we do or do not, in fact, have free will. It's more like that question doesn't make any fucking sense because we're confusing the way we use language. Wild. Yeah. And he's kind of working that out in front of these fucking, like, super rich, upper middle class British kids who are like, this guy's awesome. He just Wait a minute. talks to himself. Was he and, talking to himself in English? Uh, he would try in English and then sometimes revert back to German. Then what? Uh, then wh- uh, this is unacceptable. <laughs> so he, <laughs> ben, it's not even wrote, the right language. And he wrote it. He wrote the first book, the Tractatus, in German, and it had to be translated. That makes sense. And then he had his like thesis defense or whatever with Bertrand Russell and this other guy named G. E. Moore, and they were like asking him these questions about about what he wrote. And he was answering them in the way that he thought made sense. I don't have I don't have a transcript on this, so I don't know what was actually said. But he was answering them in the way that he thought made sense, and they would just like look at him and be like, "What, what are you fucking talking about?" And then <laughs> at the end of it, he just uh, claps them both on the shoulder, and he goes, "It's all right. I know you'll never understand it." Oh. And then he walks out. And then they grant him his PhD. Yeah, I mean, how could you not after that? I mean, that yeah. is that takes balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he also hated himself a lot and threatened suicide constantly. What a, what a <laughs> weird guy. He's the weirdest dude. I can see why this is your guy. He's kind of, yeah, he's kind of my main man. <laughs> I can, I can, he's, a, he's so intense. And then he, uh, last thing he... Uh, he worked on his last book, which is the Philosophical Investigations, just coming kind of from his like lecture notes. Uh, never published it while he was alive. He actually refused to have it published while he was alive. Why? He was like, no, I only want it published uh, after I die. Um, and it wasn't even like really finished. Like like editors had to put it together to publish it. But it's it's insane. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's. It made him basically uh, is widely considered as probably the most influential philosopher in the 20th century, more than Bertrand Russell. That's crazy. Yeah. So I found, and he, and he talked so much shit to people. That's what I like. That he's he talks so dead. much shit. He called people like idiots all the time. <laughs> this guy G. E. Moore, who like was the guy who like was on his thesis defense, he like called him an idiot, an idiot, and they didn't talk for like 12 years. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like at some point I'd go like, "Dude, stop calling me an idiot." <laughs> yeah, like when's the last I'm a time, professional philosopher. When's the last time someone called you an idiot and like meant it? Like someone was like, "Oh no, I, I'm judging you intellectually as an idiot." Like yeah. it doesn't happen. And it's like it's this immigrant. It's this fucking immigrant yeah. who can barely speak English. It's like, calling you an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is. I would be so I mean, that never happens. Like, like Yeah, no, it doesn't really happen. That's anymore. why like whenever if if I get heckled or something doing comedy, I don't do a thing where I like, hey, I'm gonna shut you down. I'm just like, shut up, stupid. Yeah. Like I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna kick you in the head. And yeah. like, oh that's the most devastating thing because like it's instead of trying to be clever, you're you're kinda saying it you're not worth me trying to be clever. Well yeah, well yeah, I'm shut not gonna, up, stupid. I'm not gonna i I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> I just will say like, when's the last time you've been told to shut up? Uh, 
and not in a while. Not in a long time. Yeah. It's, it doesn't. And as an adult, <laughs> you really don't get told that that often. Once you're at a certain age, it's like no one's gonna say that to you. I mean, I've ha- I've had people say sh- like "shut up" like yeah. that. You know, like sure. like kidding, fun, fun and flirty. Yeah, 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 fun and flirty. <laughs> but like that's that. This is the. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of what Wittgenstein ever was was fun and flirty. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so like, yeah. So that's what I do. That's what I tell people. I'm just like, just if someone heckles you, just be like, "Hey, you're not supposed to yeah. talk. Shut up, idiot." Yeah, I, I, I just a lot of them just go, shut up and just keep moving, and they yeah. always stop. Yeah, they usually stop because it's like they're embarrassed. They realize like, oh wow, <laughs> and like especially it's it's usually a, it's usually a dude who's trying to try to impress a girl. Or a lady who is in a you know bridal ceremony for some reason, <laughs> uh, and they fucking you so much contempt in your eyes when you said that. Well, because <laughs> I will say we've been very lucky lately at the Velveeta Room with uh, with bachelorette parties, but they um, you know notoriously ruin comedy shows. But we we I don't know we usually get along well, you know. Yeah. Okay. I found the quote. <laughs> Finally. Oh, go. Okay. So this is what Bertrand Russell kind of wrote in his journal when he first met Wittgenstein. <laughs> An unknown German appeared, uh, obstinate and perverse, whoa. but I think not stupid. I shall certainly encourage him. Perhaps he will do great things. I love him and feel he will solve the problems I am too old to solve. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. And then like 30 years later, they are like mortal enemies. That's so <laughs> funny. Not mortal enemies, but like he's just like he's just, he's so difficult. <laughs> he's just he's a tough hang, you know. Yeah. Oh, he's a tough hang. <laughs> he sounds like the toughest hang. Yeah. <laughs> of and all like time. freewheeling, fucking swinging dick. Yeah. Bertrand Russell insulting people <laughs> left and right. Yeah. That is like can't handle it. <laughs> that is so funny. God, that rules so. Also, hard. guess who disapproved of his lifestyle? Who? Wittgenstein. <laughs> He hated the fact that he that he slept around. Oh, that he was so sensual. Yeah, yeah. He hated how promiscuous he was. All right, well, man. This is this is a lot to take in. Yeah, there's there's so much more. Okay, well, uh, we'll wrap this one up. He uh, got in a he almost got into a, a like a physical altercation with another philosopher that... involving a flaming hot poker. We'll what? talk. We'll talk about that next okay. next week. All right. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, folks, that is that is episode one hundred of yeah. I Learn Nothing. Thanks for listening, Ludwig Wittgenstein. Uh, again, you can go to our Patreon page if you want to get some more exclusive content yeah. for your hot little ears. <laughs> go ahead there. <laughs> we learned about North <laughs> mythology in one episode. Uh huh. We learned about that was fun. Shut up, little man. So we've done some cult stuff. We've done some. The thing about some myth stuff. Thing about we should do another like like uh, cultures myths, you know. Sure, yeah. Like we did Norse. I think we should do like maybe the Babylonians. That'd be that'd be tight kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. they had some f- weird shit. Yeah, ancient astronauts, flat Earth. We talked about yeah a uh, lot. The, the thing about me, Ben, is that I have many interests. Those fucking twins. I re-listened to that episode and I I I, I got chills again. Oh yeah, there's an episode that, that greatly episode. upset Ben about <laughs> these two girls. Who are identical? Well, you know, I don't. I don't basically, it's just two girls who are identical twins who made up their own language, and then was. <laughs> and there's a lot of tragedy. It really bothered me. We talk about outsider art. Remember the sh- uh, the shags? Yeah. We talk about some cool stuff. What else? We we uh, we pepper in a vegetable medley of war stories. Oh every yeah. Once in a while. One week, I just found a bunch of cool war stories, but they weren't long enough to fill an entire episode. So we just did a. Mi- we, for some reason, we called it a mixed veggie medley. <laughs> I don't remember why. I don't know why either. 
But whatever, we're going with it. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's our Patreon. Go ahead and uh, check that out. Uh, I might have that episode of History's Mysteries up. I got to check with uh, with the gang. Yeah, send uh, it to me at least. I'll I'll send it to I, I, sure. I want to hear it. It's, it's amazing. I can't. Be- I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can just because I know where where he comes from. Yeah. It's not- sure. I just I I can't believe I can't believe it. I mean, they they had a well. <laughs> like like they they got their they they got their water their from, water their came water from, well. from the city like the city came over and gave them water. It's very odd. God, like physically, I don't mean obviously the city gives us water we pay for it, but I mean right. like like but a guy. they didn't have plumbing they didn't have faucets. Well, they I I they had they had faucets and plumbing I'm sure, but they didn't. It was just a you whole couldn't weird... drink it, so it was like fucking Mexico. I don't know. Oh my god. Okay. Aaron's fascinating, and his album's out. It's called Secrets, <laughs> which is uh, insane that he titled it that. It's a reference to a deep cut Lanalax episode that we recorded. Uh, and also, you can check that podcast out as well. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's about it. You can find us on Twitter.com. I'm at Pat Dean. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at DeanManP. Ben on Instagram and Twitter, he's made it easy for you. Just Gristle porn. Gristle porn. G R S T L E P O R N. And you will be able to follow the exploits of Ben. Yeah. Um, Wait, what am, what am I? What am I changing it to? Fuck. Ah, uh, we'll figure it out. What am I changing the? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so fucking Milky Ben, we'll Milky, just do Milky or ben. something. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so go ahead and do that again. We're doing Alone Inside, uh, which is my favorite show in town. Not just because I'm co-hosting it now, uh, <laughs> but I always love doing it at the Valve. It's very fun. That's going to be every Tuesday at Cap City until September 10th, I believe. Uh-huh. So if you want to, right before. Oh, tragic right. events. The tragic events of 9 11. Of, of sure. Noel Waghorn's 9 11. Noel. And, and Noel, you remember Girls Gone Wild? is a Noel Gone Wild. 9 11. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, do that. And then, follow, yeah, again, follow us on Twitter. I'll post about gigs or whatever if you want to come watch yeah, this fuck tub you. of guts tell some jokes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that is about it. Uh, as always, keep on thinking hard. And if you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And here's Freebird. Also, I found Rich McPherson's new job, where he's at, and has his bio, and he mentions leaving the heights in a certain year and does not say why. (laughs) Enjoy Freebird. Freebird.